2: Do I believe in God? Yeah, I believe in God. Uh, I don't believe in God as some old guy with a beard or anything like that, but as a power, yeah.
3: What about Satan?
2: Yeah, well, if you believe in God, you believe in Satan. Uh, It doesn't necessarily mean you worship Satan, but yeah. Satan's probably one of the most uh, misunderstood characters in the Bible or in Christian religion. It is God's most beloved angel, his original right-hand man.
0: Who designed your new t-shirt?
2: Uh, you mean the one with the demon, uh, the, the beastie guy strangling Jesus? heart's glowing, blood's coming out of his eyes that's the one yeah i thought of that one
4: do you think that's too much for some people
2: yeah it's cool
4: don't you care
2: yeah i care i like it that's how much i care about it i cared about it so much that i had to put on a t-shirt
4: To the Cobras and Fire podcast, part of the Decibel Geek Podcast Network and Uncontrolled Noise Radio. Today we have part two of the three Hits from Hell series. We get into the Danzig record, Danzig II Lucifuge. All sorts of spooky shit today, people. So let's kick it over to our host, Loose Cannon Mbako with special guest from the Disciples of the Watch podcast. I'm talking about Gene Vogel.
5: Welcome to Covers and Fire. I'm your host, Luce Cannon, and I am joined by a man so evil, he definitely will never be photographed by Kitty Litter.
4: Baco, how are you, sir? I am well, Luz. Always a pleasure talking to you. We are at uh, episode two of our three hits from hell for the whole month of October. We have another we special guest though, don't we? We
5: do. Would you like to introduce him? I would I, I'm giving you the honors. Oh, thank you. He is a man. That is sat through a entire ball busting episode on his last our last spectacular episode, Iced Earth. A man with a great sense of humor, Gene Vogel. Everybody, yes,
4: yes, from the uh, uh, band Mortificator and uh, the the host of the wonderful podcast,
1: Disciples of the Watch. Gene, how are you? I am doing well, guys. Thanks for having me here. Yes. I appreciate it.
5: And if you're a first time listener or you're jumping in on these episodes, make sure you go back to last year is this is becoming a tradition where Gene was part of a very comprehensive Black Sabbath discography that also included interviews with who?
4: Baco? We had Dave Walker, um, a little bit of Ron Keel talking about his time in Black Sabbath, and, uh, of course, uh, the author, Martin
1: Popoff.
5: Yes, so thank you. I believe it, it, it was that your brainchild, Gene, or is it between you and Baco, or how did that work out with the Black Sabbath Baco. last year?
1: okay that was Baco.
5: Yeah. I just so,
1: uh,
4: I, I want a Gene on the show because he's the creepiest guy, no. No, that makes sense.
5: Yeah. But ver very, very handsome front man as well,
4: wouldn't you say? Oh very much, yes. He is oh, yeah. the panty dropper uh, of, Mortificator. of Mortificator, yes. Sure, sure. Yeah. He's what gets the titties bouncing. Mm-hmm. That's what it says in his bio <laughs> on Wikipedia.
5: <laughs>
1: Somebody's reading it, at least. Uh,
5: <laughs> That's right. Do you have a bio on Wikipedia? Because you should. I think we each, both Baco and I should start our own bio, too. <laughs> oh, you
1: should start your own Wikipedia.
5: All you got to do is add a lot of footnotes, and Wikipedia will, will think you're legit. Lots of links. That's how it works.
1: Perfect. Anyway,
5: but uh, but thank thank you for joining us on this. And, uh, Bako, I'm going to throw it to you, because this is your... Suggestion correct,
4: yeah. My pick for uh this uh the month of uh, October three hits from hell mm-hmm. is uh Danzig, 2, hey! Lucifuge, uh, I think I've talked about it on the show quite a bit. Danzig is probably a top five, top ten artist sure. for me, uh, especially the first four records of his uh, eponymously named band Danzig. And this album to me, uh, is really. One of the kind of, it really sums up the band for one thing, but definitely this time of year you get the the, the leaves fall out of the tree, the chill hits the air, especially like it is today in Minnesota, right Gene? Yeah, absolutely. A little windy and fucking cold, man. And
1: snowed earlier.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah, we got a little bit of snow today, yeah. uh, early October. But uh, yeah, for me, this is uh, definitely a creepy fucking record and uh, got some uh, anonymous artwork and all that good stuff.
5: As I understand it, from this day forward, you play this in a loop on your porch for the, uh, for the, the, the neighbors to hear. Is that correct?
4: Only I if I also sit on the porch without a shirt on. Hey!
5: <laughs> Holding a cro- upside down cross.
4: And a shotgun.
5: Okay. Well, that's nice.
1: And that's Fair how enough. I was greeted when I got here.
4: <laughs> Welcome, Gene. Yeah, like, uh, if for I'll... some reason a Bible, I don't know why, but I, I, I think it sets the, the, the tone. That sure.
1: was the creepy thing. That and you asked me to remove my pants before I entered your home.
4: <laughs> hey! More pants removal. A lot I had of, to make well, sure you weren't a vampire. Yeah. We, we free ball here, <laughs> but we're actually wearing shorts too.
5: What are you guys wearing? But by the way, uh, quick, quick fashion break, just so I can understand. Because I'm, I, you know, I don't have anybody in my studio ever, and it's cool that you have, you know, members of Flip and Gene Vogel huh. there. So, what is the uh, what is the the setup? What is what you know, Gene? What is Baco wearing? Is the host?
1: He's got a lovely pair of boxer shorts on that. Uh, I knew it. <laughs> the ass has been cut out. Hey!
5: Uh, oh, don't ask like, me how I, I know. Oh, good. So basically, he's he's essentially recreating the scene from uh, or the uh, the the entire get off part from the uh, with Prince. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah! Mm.
4: <laughs> uh,
5: what else? What do you? Uh, can you describe what Jean is wearing?
4: Yeah, he's Baco. wearing a talking metal shirt and uh all I can say is I can see uh the bottom sack. Hmm. You know like right under then. you know what under boob is? Hey, uh.
5: Sure, you got the under sack going on.
4: Yeah, you got like the basically under sack, but uh, sack bottom. So it's like reverse cleavage. Yeah, <laughs> it is, yeah. And so. I do want
1: to hair. mention that rock, that uh, Baco is rocking a Minnesota Vikings T shirt. Oh yeah. With right. the nipples cut out. Hey, <laughs> of yeah. Yeah. course.
5: Sure. But uh, with that fan. said, uh, uh, Baco, <laughs> true fan, true fan. Uh, Baco, going back to the album, why don't you uh, bring us in?
1: What are you wearing, though? Hey, what the hell? Oh, man? I'm
4: sorry. Yeah, sure. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I, am, Paint I am wearing a picture for the audience, man. No,
1: nah, no problem.
5: Um, I'm wearing a, 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 I, a. On eBay, I bought uh, Tommy Lee's uh, leather, leather uh, jock strap from hey, the yeah. Girls, Girls, Girls tour. And uh, that's it. Nice. Uh, so you make
1: naked other than wearing Tommy Lee's jockstrap on your head.
5: That's correct, and um, and I'm wearing a muffler too.
4: Well, that visual is definitely going to keep the female audience locked in. For uh, hey!
5: of course, that's uh, uh that's a Janet from Nebraska.
4: Moist. <laughs> oh, well, uh, before we get into the actual record, uh, why don't we talk a little bit about how, how we all got into Danzig? Obviously, I will start. Uh, I, I actually saw the the mother video and the video for Twisted Cane on Headbangers Ball on the same episode. And I I was actually just like, wow, this is fucking amazing. So I went up and bought the first Danzig cassette. I had no idea. I had heard of the Misfits and Sam Hain, believe it or not, mainly because of Metallica t-shirts for Sam Hain. But but I, I had no idea that... Even you know probably for at least a year that that I was listening to the singer for both those bands uh, with, with the Danzig stuff. That first record to me is perfect. This record is perfect. Uh, so right out of the gate, I think uh, Danzig you know basically goes two for two uh, w- with his catalog. I eventually grew to like you know by the time I, he gets to like you know four albums deep, I know about the Misfits. I know about Sam Hain. I'm buying all this stuff, checking it all out. You know, and, and 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 basically, Glenn Danzig, uh, pretty much from the Misfits up through his first four records, is a pioneer in, in music and one of the most influential artists uh, of rock music history. I, I, I say that with with no tongue in cheek, no joke at all. I think he was always constantly ahead of the the curve during that period. I don't. After, after that, I don't know that I would would say that too much, but uh, he definitely uh, influenced a ton of different genres and is responsible for a lot of bands that uh, suck and some that don't. Hey!
5: Can I ask a question about the uh, the Sam Hain part? Is that obviously? Can you can you explain that the Sam Hain was Sam Hain the exact same band, just not with the the flip with a uh, to the Danzig name, or was there a little bit of difference? I was
4: there, there, there was a that. decent amount of difference. Um, uh, Sam Hain had Erie and Glenn in it from the beginning. Okay, and there was a uh, there's a guy like uh, a, a, a guy named London that was uh, a member for a, a good chunk of, t- of that. But there was only three records there, and it, it's it's not until the last record that the guitar player for what, what we were we're gonna call Danzig, John Christ, mm-hmm. um, he he doesn't come in until the very last. Uh, Sam Hain record, and Chuck Biscuits, the drummer from... Uh, yeah, I know, right? Uh, I think it's from the, DOA. The name that doesn't
5: fit. The name that doesn't fit.
4: Yeah, whatever. Yeah, he, uh, a good drummer, weird name, uh, but he he was never in Sam Hain, is all I'm getting okay. at. He okay. came in after Rick Rubin got involved, and Rick Rubin was the one who actually said, it's no longer going to be called Sam Hain, it's going to be called Dan
5: Okay, so when they signed with a Deaf American or whatever, that was the flip, and there was a little yeah. bit of change, and the and to my understanding, um, for for the for the change from Sam Hayne to Danzig, was there a massive? Because I've never heard Sam Hayne.
4: No, the um, first it- two Sam Hayne records are very different. The last Sam Hayne record with John Christ, you're mm-hmm. starting to see kind of like a almost like a demo quality punk version of what became the Rick Rubin kind of polished. Okay. Version of, of Sam Haynes, but you can kind of hear it. You know what I mean? It's Got like it. you know hearing kind of earlier recordings of a band you, you dig. But the, the 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 two prior to that, uh, they're they're not like it at all. Where did you come in with Danzig?
5: Uh, Thursday. Okay. So cool. no, but in all in all seriousness, um, I mean, I was totally aware of Danzig, mother, things that uh, you know, mother. In, in, yeah, exactly. But. For whatever reason it never really clicked with me uh, i never i've never owned nor still own a danzig album but i mean i knew of him and i didn't dislike the songs i had heard but it was just like from from a you know from from a distance and but uh then i did listen to this album obviously in full for this episode several times over the last uh, couple weeks and uh, I'll share my, my thoughts soon. But I don't, I don't have too much to, to say about it, except that, you know, I knew the history and the fact that Metallica covered tons of misfit songs. So I was, I was familiar with Glenn Z Danzig himself.
4: And, and if I may, I'll touch on a couple things before we kick it to Gene. Sure. The song Mother really didn't break until uh, after this record. They, they right. released an EP. But the other thing is you, you touched on the Erie Vaughn interview. I would like to say one thing that I, I take a little personal pride in. I'm not even sure why. But but the, the episode opens up with a recording of the song, Twisted Cane, that I recorded entirely by myself. Drums, bass, oh. vocals, guitar. It's That's all cool. me. I saw a comment, because Erie shared the, the, uh, the episode on Facebook, and someone said, Holy crap, where did the hell did that come from? And Erie's response was, I'm not sure, probably Sam Hain demos. <laughs>
0: Because the number
4: Fooled the member of Danzig, and I might have been. Uh, So go back and listen to the part two of the Erie Vaughn interview a little over a year ago, and I'm very proud that I actually duped a member of Danzig.
5: Well done. I gotta say, though, you know, since you're from Minnesota, you're pretty much the Prince version of Sam (laughs) Haney.
4: That explains my royal. Was that re-
5: was it recorded uh, in Paisley Park?
4: You know, it it's recorded in Broken Bulb Studios. <laughs> <laughs> Same place I recorded but- every episode of Cobras and Fire, uh, the Cobra right. Studio North. Yeah. But All right, anyway, cool. Gene Vogel, our, our esteemed guest. Let's uh let's hear your thoughts on how you got into Danzig.
1: Boy, I was a late bloomer on Danzig. I that whole first album totally passed me by. And I think it may have been just the what Metallica had done with, with generating interest, you know, they did it with a few bands. Faith No More was another band sure. for me, yeah, uh, yep, that totally that Metallica turned me on to, or even you know, Cliff Burton, if you want to really nail it down, because he was a huge Faith No More guy. Him and Jim Martin were huge friends, uh, so danzig 2 comes along and i don't know how I, I i just decided okay danzig's got a new album out i'm not even sure where how this cassette came into my possession
4: this I'm is sure. your entry point
1: this is my entry wow. point.
4: wow oh, that's cool
1: and i i have to tell you that this cassette lived in my boom box that was strapped in the back of my 1976 monte carlo that uh, didn't have a stereo in it so hence the boom box strapped into the back seat this lived into that boombox for quite a long time.
5: I actually had that same setup, by the way, in one my first car because nice. The stereo sucked.
1: What, what was the car?
5: Uh, it was a Buick Skylark, nineteen eighty-two. The color of puke, like yellow. <laughs> yellow. It was. Uh, I, I it inherited like a it Packer from helmet? my.
4: Say it again. It looked like a Green Bay Packer helmet. <laughs>
5: It was like off – I don't know what color. It was like an off variation of yellow, and I inherited it from my uh, grandmother that passed away. So it was a pretty, pretty sweet, sweet car. But my point is is that I haven't heard anybody talk about the boombox in the back seat being the stereo for the car, and, and I, don't, I, I don't think ever. But that was my stereo. So well done, Gene.
1: We're like brothers now.
5: That's right. See? It's blood brothers. Oh, my God. Yeah, boombox like...
4: boom boombox brothers. <laughs> that's,
1: we, yeah. that's a thing now.
4: Anyway, carry well, on, Gene. Uh,
1: so well that's that's my intro to uh, to danzig cool. and the, the whole everything. You know what is funny because I eventually did go back, which you know, that happens so much with bands where you get in later in their catalog and then you go back. And uh it took a while for that first album to to really grab me. And the same thing with a Actually album.
4: same here. Uh when I bought it, but I would play the the it was the first song on side one and side two, "Twisted the cane and mother. Uh, it was probably until I got to Danzig 4 that I went back and realized I liked the whole record. Anyways. Nice.
1: Yeah, for me, it would be many years after Danzig 3 came out. Um, I actually, I, I it was funny because I was so invested in this album that everything that came after it wasn't as interesting. And uh, wow. eventually, I, later on, though, I, I would come to appreciate Danzig 3, and I really enjoy that album now. But I, I was just kind of surprised at how how much time I spent with this album and turned other people onto it, and then just really got away from it after that. I, I, I think I was just in, in, invested in so many different other bands that Danzig just kind of fell away from me for a while there. But this album never was off my radar.
4: And you know, we'll get into the, uh, some of the details on the record, but I would like to mention that uh, for the people who are kind of newer to the show, I mean, it's not something we talk about every episode, or she so missed it. <laughs> Uh, but I was married on Halloween in 2007. the The, the day before, Danzig was playing in uh, um, Las. We got married in Las Vegas, and Danzig was playing there. And uh, Doyle had a band at the time called uh, Gorgeous Frankenstein, and so they were one of the opening acts. And so I got to see Doyle play with this new band. You know, Doyle from the Misfits. Uh, in in spite of my interview with him, I actually I I, I, I appreciate him as an artist. Uh, but the coolest I think, thing was
5: that... I think he that- owned the same phone. Yeah,
4: yeah, he probably... I, I'm not sure. I, uh, I think he might have just discovered phone technology shortly before I interviewed him. <laughs> uh, go back and check that nine-minute gem out anytime you guys want. Uh, 19 questions in nine minutes. I uh, guarantee... Uh, you you're, you're, you're going to be amazed at that it's like, it was, it's,
5: like it, it's like speed dating
4: yeah it's like a speed dating interview uh but uh it th- anyway with all that said it was very cool to see Danzig almost be like my wedding band but even better it was like doyle came out and they played like five misfits tunes and that was as close as I was ever going to see to the actual Misfits play. You know what I mean? Because uh, sure. Danzig has pretty much ignored the Misfits and almost refused to answer questions about him through most of his career. The idea that he did this was kind of shocking to me. And it was like almost like he – I mean, he was doing it for the whole tour. Don't get me wrong. But it was it was really cool that day, and I knew I was getting married the next day. and It was like, wow, this is – it meant a lot to me is all, I, all I'm getting at. And it meant a lot to my wife that it meant a lot to me, I, I guess. And then, although my buddy so Danzig Wilson,
5: Danzig got on stage with him for those five songs,
4: well, songs. vice versa, Doyle came up at the Sorry. end of the Danzig set, and they they hammered out five songs. Oh, okay, I got gotcha. you. The best part was that my boy Wilson was there. We've talked about him on the show. Oh, uh, yeah. He's not familiar with the Misfits, and he's never been a fan of punk music. And it was so awesome. Like after each song, he goes like, "That was a song." It was like <laughs> you know the Misfits, especially the, like a lot of their stuff they're like a minute and 10 seconds long you know it's like, blah, 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 blah. It's like yeah, that yeah. that's it.
0: Hey, uh,
4: Let's get into the record a little bit shall we? Hey, uh, Please. This record was released on June 26, 1990, Loose Cannon's birthday. Uh oh, yes. It was recorded between June and May of 1990, uh June 89 and May. And it, t- it took a long time to fucking record this damn thing almost a year if this is right anyway. It was in Tampa, right? Uh, It was not in Tampa. I'm
5: sorry, I got my notes wrong.
4: Uh, Produced by Rick Rubin, which means he never heard the record. Um. (laughs) But he didn't enjoy a couch. And this this has, yeah, he enjoyed a couch, uh, probably somewhere near where they were recording. This was basically the classic lineup of Danzig for the first four records. Glenn Danzig on vocals, uh, Erie Vaughn on bass, John Christ on guitars, and of course, Luce Cannon's favorite drummer, Chuck Biscuits. Oh, yeah. I, I, well, let's start with the album artwork. Uh, Luce, the actual album cover, has a shot of Glenn Danzig's slightly hairy chest hey, with him clutching uh, cross. Which, of course, is evil as fuck. But when you fold the CD cover out, it's an upside-down cross. I just texted you a picture of it. Can you see it yet? Yep, I've seen this before. Okay. Uh, I had a buddy that had this. I will tell you one thing about this. This record probably sold at least between uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 200,000 to a half a million copies, right? Uh, is a was, big range. This, yeah, it's a broad range, but it's still, you know, I mean, it's it's a pretty big number is all I'm getting at. Sure. This is the my my day job is is doing stuff like this. Like I've been in printing for the longest time. I can promise you one thing: there still does not exist a machine that can fold this thing the way it is. Meaning they had to have people hand fold this. Really? Uh, yeah, f- for hundreds of thousands of copies. Um, which to me is a com- first of all, it's expensive. Yeah. And that's a commitment to the bit. To me. I open up this record and I flip that that mm. sucker out and it's an upset on cross and I go this guy gets me <laughs>
5: <laughs> all I gotta tell you is uh, apparently the Danzig Cor- corporation wasn't uh with a whole it's a profit deal idea no they definitely were not there's a lot been... of paper that's a lot of paper and a lot of folding
4: yeah no doubt it definitely is and I gotta believe uh it was probably even hand inserted into the cover at that point
5: I gotta tell you though it's a very effective because i i do remember seeing this um i don't remember when exactly but it is a very uh impactful cd package i can't even think of another you're right like i don't I, can you think of gene or anything like that where where there's one that that is a even with the extra part you know that makes the cross that makes the the length of the cross can you think of one that's a four
1: panel no, not off the top of my head no do, do
5: Right, Baco.
4: No? Yeah, no, yes, I mean, no. Uh, well, Slayer recently did it with Repentless. And that was a diamond. That's probably the second time I have saw that.
5: I mean, you could think of that as a, a, a pure, like a red cross. Let's just take the top part off. It, it, I see what you're saying. That's very... Uh,
4: yeah, but any, any yeah, time you cut out, like, corners, like basically the squares, you sure. you, you no longer can machine-fold this.
1: Well, according to Wikipedia, this sold 329000 Copies, of course. There that's go. whenever that was updated okay. last. So no, that
4: that's a combination of cassettes and and CDs. So there's probably at least a solid 150 thousand of these were made on CD. Yeah,
1: and this is a hard one to get on vinyl.
4: Well, there was an actual vinyl release of it uh, in yes. '92. Yes, there was. Can,
5: yeah. Can I ask you this too, though, Baco? Like, in all seriousness. What year again was the live version of Mother or whatever version it was ninety three?
4: This I think is ninety one or ninety two. This came out. This is nineteen ninety or 1990. 1990. Oh,
5: 1990. 1990. Uh, so I, that yeah. that freaks that freaks me out. So where ninety three. What album was current at that time? For for is that number four? Is it number yeah? Three actually, that...
4: uh, for Danzig, you mean yeah? yeah uh, their most recent full length at that time would have been. Um, God, I want to make sure I got this right, Gene. Do you have the the, the... I'm going to look
5: at it real quick. It Danzig was before
1: 3 4. Was ni- it was, before, was, it was
4: before 4.
1: Danzig 4 was released in 1994.
4: Yeah, but uh, what was the EP released? on?
1: Oh, I'm sorry. You're Black. thinking of.
4: Thrall Demon Sweat Live.
1: That's that the- Demon Sweat Live. Ma- right, 1993.
4: Okay, so that would have been after Danzig uh, 3 um, How the Gods Kill.
5: Okay, so so essentially that was when it hit. When when now the back catalog, that's just for a very unique thing like you're talking about, where they had three full albums out and then a live album. Actually, that's the Kiss thing almost.
4: You know, yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, and the, and the, the story goes that, uh, um, uh, Chuck Biscuits ran out of money or something, and uh, the, I don't I don't know how how legitimate that part is, but Danzig approached uh, Rick Rubin about doing an EP. And they're like EPs don't sell, and right. he 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 brought up the Metallica EP, and he's like, "All right, we'll do an EP." <laughs> and All so right. yeah, it's like uh, I think it's two studio tracks and three live tracks, and right. uh the, the live track really took off. Okay, uh, anyway, the, the music sure. video for Mother was from the second music video for Mother was from that, and that's when they kind of went. I mean, they were doing pretty good on, on the first three records, but sure, uh, they weren't in that gold platinum range.
5: Right, that was the one that broke them. Anyway, it's, it's it's just a very uh, it's unique uh, story for a band.
1: Yeah, and I think that uh, that song itself may have pushed the back catalog even more so, because Danzig, according to Wikipedia, Danzig, the original, Danzig 1, uh, the eponymous, it went gold. Oh, okay. So I have nice. a feeling that was based... St- that the had to be, yeah. Because the, uh, right. then they that, went back and grabbed
5: the original version yes. of the mother. Yeah, I got gotcha. you.
4: Now, I do have that on vinyl, but I stole it from the college radio station I was working at at the time.
5: <laughs> nice. So or you took, it have... home. took it home before they, you know, folded.
4: Cobra hack. Go to college, work at the radio station, steal records. <laughs> and now you have to steal, like, streams. <laughs> that's right. Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, that's, let's that's break that's into it, you, man. That's, that's why streaming exists. To stop mm-hmm. college radio station students from stealing records. Yeah, it is a. It is a. That's a reverse Cobra hack. We'll get into track one. It, the album opens up with a killer track. Long way back from hell. I fucking love this tune. This. I mean, look honest to god this is gonna be like listening to rock and metal combat show talk about the Aerosmith record rocks I'm probably gonna go 10 out of 10 on every track on here I do love this record just let's just get out of the way but uh, Long Way Back From Hell is just a perfect Danzig song great way to open a record it just you know blasts you right in the face you know like a geyser wad out of loose cannon after a 10 day break If you don't like this song, you're probably not going to be a big Danzig, uh, Danzig fan.
5: Uh, before I hand it to Gene, can I talk about uh, Glenn's voice uh, for me? I think, uh, and, and this is just f- speaking from somebody that, that... First off, I'll just tell you this. I'll, I'll just reveal. I was pleasantly surprised by this album. This was not hmm, nice. one that... Uh, um, it's, di- And I'll tell you why in, in a little bit going forward. But it was different than I expected. Now, with that said, um, just like a... Like being a fan of Volbeat, for example, for a unique voice. Good comparison. It, 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 Danzig's voice is very polarizing. You're either in it or you're out, and sometimes <laughs> it or, or and sometimes it works great, and sometimes it does not for me. But for this opening track, to summarize, "Long Way Back from Hell," every single part of the song, from the riff to the vocals to everything like that. It's excellent, and I go back to the Volbeat thing too because sometimes, for a guy that speaks English, you can't understand a fucking thing that Danzig says. But
4: the effect and everything (laughs) in in
5: in in this when he's uh, singing, right? Yes, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like when he's singing, sometimes. And I'll go into like that with
4: with with vocalists,
5: though. Anyway. you, I'm good, good, right. good, and bad. Good and bad. This this song it really works for, but there's a song coming up that I'll tell you that that it is a skipper for me because of the uh, okay. over accentuation of that. Almost like over accentuating a Boston accent.
4: Almost like he knows it and he's like, I'm really gonna push it this time.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. For certain hear. So I don't know if you mentioned this or not, Paco, but the uh, music and lyrics, all of this are credited to Glenn Danzig.
4: Yeah, uh, th- every song on every Danzig record, and every Misfits record, and every Sam Hain record is conveniently only written entirely by Glenn. Hey! Uh, part of part of yeah. the reason that they uh, they have some issues. You know, the weird thing is, I don't doubt that he wrote all the melody and lyrics. I definitely have some skepticism that he wrote all the music. Yeah, come on. That, that is a balls move. I've never seen any band that has one. Can you think
5: of any band that just Ozzie. says
1: one person? Thank you. <laughs> you. You've totally pulled the rug off from underneath me. I'm like, this yeah, you're right. probably involved. Yeah, uh, but, but
5: doesn't something. He me lightened some up solo- later
4: on. Yeah, he. it's not his entire career. Right. Was Dan Zig a dick to not share songwriting credit, or was he realizing that, like, There's only one person. There's only enough money for one of us to make a career out of this. So I'm just. It's not the same thing as being a dick. I guess, but like, look, what I'm saying is that like Danzig is like, I don't think Danzig lives in the same kind of house James Hetfield does. Okay, I, I think Danzig probably needs to kind of be Danzig all the time just to kind of pay the bills. And if he had to share that money with three other dudes equally, Danzig sure. like would probably be doing a podcast called Cobras and Fire. Well, understood. But but but
5: I am looking on the Wikipedia thing, and it did say, I don't know if this leads Credence to the fact that he got all the songwriting credit, but it looks like between um, uh, 88 to 1996, he was
4: banging Sharon Osbourne. Uh, that, that actually does reverse Credence. She would have taken all the songwriting. Oh, that's true. Okay. Yeah, anyway. Yeah.
1: So speaking of Sharon Osbourne and the song "Long Way Back from Hell," uh, uh, you
4: know, you know, you know when Dio wasn't banging her on the side, Glenn was. He had to be. Yeah.
1: Okay. Anyway.
4: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, definitely a long way back from hell. If you're sitting. You know what a long way back from hell would be like? Uh, walking from be- like what's, what's that TV show she has, The Talk. It's like it's the walk from like just being on the show to the dressing room.
1: I mean, from the dressing room to the show.
4: Well, it's back from hell, not to hell. Oh, you're
1: right. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, right. I'm, I flipped that in my head. I was thinking the hell would be going to this. T- <laughs> good point. Betwixt. So so this one here, I got simple uh, yet effective opening to the track and a song with great energy to kick off the album. John Kreiss playing is also simple, yet there's a groove that is undeniable, uh, undeniably his that I love. Some guitar players think that you don't have to do anything before or after striking a chord, but John does what so many great guitar players Uh do, and he uses those moments to create ambiance and simple tricks with, like, muting the strings and striking them with his pick hand. Uh, Glenn's piano slash keyboard accents help add uh, a little more ambiance to this song with great lyrics and a great performance by Chuck and Erie. I love this song. I give this one a solid 10 out of 10 every time.
4: He was such a key part. Like, yes. like on how him and Chuck Biscuits more than Erie Vaughn, I think were like that he was almost like a rhythm section and a guitar player. Yeah. They just played together so tight. And when he was gone, everything changed. I mean, first of all, when 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 the band kind of ended after four, Danzig went industrial. And then the records after that, like the 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 six six the Danzig six six six, six record was also trying to get a little more back to his old style with a mix of that industrial style. And then everything since then just has kind of sounded, uh, well, at times there's really good stuff there. You can still get that Danzig songwriting style that just rawness and blues energy is gone out of the band. And I think it's because of Chuck Biscuits and because of John Christ not being there. And I'm not trying to shortchange Erie Vaughn, He's a, a very key member and all that stuff, but I just think those two guys pretty much developed that classic Danzig sound that is on album one, two, three, and four.
1: Well, and four is a li- for me is a little bit of a departure, and I know that John ha- himself has said that that was an album that he struggled with, writing for. That was one
4: that kind of almost went back to almost that Sam Hain kind of feel, um, where they were kind of almost like a goth band.
1: Chuck Biscuits does have a little bit of history before he came to Danzig. Of course. Um, he was actually in Black Flag and toured with Towards, towards the, the end, at toward, the very
4: end of Black Flag. Yep. In
1: 1982, he toured with them for five months. Uh, he briefly filled in on drums for a few shows with the Red Hot Chili Peppers during their Freaky <laughs> Styly Tour. In,
4: Did not know that.
1: And that was in 86. And then in 1987, of course, he joins Danzig. And, well, he uh, was
4: in DOA at some point there.
1: And like you mentioned, he was also in DOA. He, him, um, wait a minute, both drummers. I don't know, I'm sorry. Oh, he's a brother of Ken Dimwit Montgomery.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Isn't he related to Schaefer of Isterix? Chuck Easter? Biscuits and Ken Dimwit.
1: There's your fucking <laughs> dual
4: Drummers tour. He was and a, you wonder why they didn't get songwriting credit. Oh, uh, yeah. A
1: vic- they were a fixture on the Vancouver music scene. At different times, both br- drummers played drums for DOA. And then, of course, Biscuits joined Black Flag in 1982.
4: (laughs) Uh, Anyway, track two, uh, Snakes of Christ. Live EP, and I like that version better than this one. But it's a good song.
5: I love the fact the way that goes from that long way uh, back from hell actually fades into Snakes of Christ. Nice. So it was a really cool uh, way. And actually, this entire album pretty much has very, very little, I guess, buffer between songs, uh, which which lead oh, to yeah, each that's one. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, but Snakes of Christ, I like this song. The only thing I can't get over is how much it reminds me of War Machine.
0: Out, war machine.
5: And it's not like War Machine is a very just a very, hmm. uh, unique riff, I guess. Man. But it's very it's very similar. If I mean, the Stone and,
4: Temple Pilots song reminds me of War Machine, not this one.
5: Well, no, this one, this one really reminds me of War Machine. I do love that the, and that's that's not really an insult. I love the that sure, t- no, style I'm... style of riff. But that my favorite part of the song is around the uh, two and a half or three minute mark when they have the breakdown, where it goes drums and then they kind of uh, I guess like change the key of where the riff goes into. But I do really like the song. I think everything works. Um, it just it just. Uh, it's like anything. Like you hear a song, and it kind of it, it jumps in there. That's the only thing I have against it is it just reminds me too much of War Machine.
1: I too like the bleeding from the previous previous track. Uh, that's something that Rick Rubin's uh, apparently a big fan of. He did that with Slayer. Um, was it uh season of the, I don't know, I'm sorry, yeah, uh, not Seasons. Go, uh, I'm drawing a huge blank here. Oh, Rain uh, and Blood, Rain and Blood. Thank you. Um, just like everything, everything just crunched together. And, and like uh, Baco, you were Baco, Luce, you were mentioning. Um, there's not a lot of leg between these songs. They kind of just really crunch together, and it almost feels like it's just one continuous album in a fashion. Um, but for me, this song, uh, the previous song leading into this one, uh, Longer, Back from Hell, Into Snakes of Christ, this has kind of become my... Uh, Waiting on the Bus, uh, Waiting for the Bus, or Jesus Just Left Chicago from ZZ Top, or Heartbreaker, Living, Loving Maid from I can see that, Zeppelin. Sure. You know, those kind of songs. Another one, Bites Dust, We're the Champions. Yeah. It's like you kind of need these together. They, yeah. They, they really just kind of click. And to hear one with you at the other almost feels you a little bit, leaves you a little bit wanting. And, of course, Post Mortem and Rain and Blood was is another one. That, yeah, that's this, where you're
4: going with that, that whole Rick Rubin comparison. Yep.
1: Yeah. Um, so, I love that they keep the momentum rolling into the second track. Uh, the breakdown at the two two minute uh, twenty second mark is you so noticed that great. too. Yes, that was phenomenal. Really, really stood out. Uh, the lead section is somewhat lackluster, but it definitely works. And uh, f- you know, for my personal rating, I gave this an eight out of ten.
4: Nice. Um, uh, and I should mention that, uh, by all accounts, Rick Rubin is actually producing this record. This is not the uh, the uh, guy on the couch taking an app and saying, uh, send me the tapes when you're done. Um, yeah, this, this is I, still I, during his peak.
5: In, in summary, the, the, these first two tracks are two for two for me. And also, just like uh, Bako just said, uh, app, the the production jumped out at me, too. It's, it's just... Uh, I don't know, organic or it's not perfect, but it it, it sounds uh, it sounds like it should be for this type of. You
4: album. know, we touched on this a little bit ago. Do you like kind of the minimalist uh, approach that that uh, Danzig during this era had, which I'm a big fan of? It's almost bluesy. It's it's literally one guitar, not 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 over tracked. And by the way, I don't I don't mind bands that double track and and have two guitars, but I love the way this band just sounds when they just it's just one vocal, one drum, one bass, one guitar and then overdub leads.
5: I was surprised with how basic in a good way this album was and it yeah. like like you're just saying I'll go into this later, but bluesy was what I was shocked about with a lot of these uh later later tracks. To me, this is kind of the same technique that he used with Johnny Cash later, just minimalistic. Mm. Here it is and it still works. Well
4: then you should listen to the record before and after this cuz they're very much the same.
5: Okay, cool. Good. Anyway,
4: uh we'll get to track 3 here, Killer Wolf, which was the single, the the, the lead single in in the video. And of course, like all things Danzig, if there's a music video, it's it's kind of unintentionally hilarious. Uh, <laughs> shirts? Any shirts? Uh, not on Danzig, if I if I recall correct. But yeah. I, it's been a while since I've seen it. This song actually, I like a lot more now than I did at the time. This this to me was the first one. Was like, eh. even when I saw the video, I was like, I wasn't sure I was going to buy the record after I saw because I saw the video before it came out. I'm like, but it, it's actually a pretty fun song. I'm
5: this is the one that i'm talking about like when you see a movie and and ben affleck who's from boston uh over accentuates his, okay. his boston accent this is the one that goes way over the top for me it doesn't work for me um that that's my summary this i is get the it glen- though oh okay
4: what you, you you're know what I'm saying, saying? if you're talking about this song yeah i think I, I think i i'd have to agree with you a little bit okay so that's my that's my summary on this one gene and hope before gene gets in my brain just clicked i get the war machine reference Gene, wow. Okay. That's what we're getting at. Yep. Yep.
1: Yep. All right. So, track three, Killer Wolf, three fifty nine. Time on that. So we slow things things down. According to the official
4: CD pressing. Yeah. What do you got? Exactly four minutes. Hey. uh,
1: So we slow things (laughs) down. It's we got a bluesy rocker. Danzig is the wolf. He's going to go inside your little girl. Then he's going to come inside your little girl. Oh, my God.
5: This is a, okay. All right. So, go ahead.
1: Lyrically, it's not Nasty. Shakespeare, but I, it works for this song, especially, you know, being kind of a good
5: <laughs> hey.
1: And uh, for me, I gave this one an 8 out of 10. Now, this one, though, like you mentioned, this was a grower song for me. Uh, when I first got this album, this was one of those that I just I wouldn't skip it, but it was less desirable than the previous two tracks.
4: The next track up is uh, Tired of Being Alive, probably one of my top ten Danzig songs. he sings this and just hearing those words it's almost like it doesn't matter what the verse lyrics are because they're really not that deep but Mm uh one of the things that danzig has always been really good at it was like touching on that perfect dark moody melody to fit the music that he was doing i like the song
5: a lot too um i do like i'm on the wikipedia right now the working title was 13 reasons why (laughs)
4: <laughs> it was actually work uh, thirteen reasons why season two.
5: Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah.
4: <laughs> it's about time we get a fucking joke in here. Come on guys. Let's like try right. it's fucking dancing. <laughs> hey! Yeah, he's all comedy. Go back to the whole thing about shirtless
5: Danzig. Do you think that's how they that, how they balanced it was? They could have somebody fold their their CDs together, but they didn't have to buy any shirts. Is that how they made the profit?
4: <laughs> the Danzig merch table is just a, like an empty thing. It's like buying. The <laughs> they have no shirts.
5: Shirts. Like, they sell <laughs> shirts.
4: They're anti-shirt. They're anti-christ like and anti-shirt. Nothing. Here's $25 to get no shirt. <laughs> you just hand us 25 bucks, and you still are all buff. Like all like sh- you just uh, walk around and like, yeah, you hand them 25
5: bucks, and you look great. Uh, do you think that they had like uh, like 15% off coupons for LA Fitness or anything?
4: What do you think? I don't think LA Fitness exists back then.
5: Oh Man, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry. What, what conglomerates was... of-, uh, of uh, Bally's? What, just the it was like, Bally's yeah, yeah, of-
4: yeah, the Bally's Danzig membership uh 25 bucks and you don't get to wear a shirt. You don't, you don't have to wear a shirt. And you get uh, to eat YMCA. cereal with Chuck Biscuits.
5: Alright. Chuck Biscuits, uh, original drummer of uh, the Village People. All right. I, think Continue. Uh, I think that's true. I think
4: that's... What does uh, Eric Miller call that? A uh, fake true fact? Yeah, untrue fact. Untrue fact. Yes, there yeah.
1: I'm pretty sure that most of Danzig's merch sales were in pasties. Hey! Uh.
0: Ooh, pasties. <laughs> yes. Can, Can you
5: imagine do, the, the, the 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 all the the band there just shirtless, but just like things over the nipples? Oh my god, that'd be amazing! What do you I think? think? I think I, I think I, that is a rule in Tampa,
1: by the way. I'm full. Truck. Hey! <laughs> right?
4: Me too. Three, three quarter. Have you guys uh, heard the uh, Jesse James, the the bike building guy, story about when he was a uh, bodyguard for Danzig? I do remember that. Was that the book called "Banging Sandra Bullock"? Apparently, they were at First Ave, and Prince was there. And like mm. he tells us, hilarious. I can't. I'm, I'm. gonna paraphrase here. I'm doing the best I can. Please. But, but you, basically, like, yeah. like these guys are so fucking short. Hey.
5: Is, is Dan? Are all Danzig short? Like five four?
4: Well, no, Danzig no. is like five two, and Prince is like five two. Sure. And so it's like Prince and Danzig, and then Jesse James, and like uh, he thought it was like this is weird as fuck that like Prince is talking to Danzig, and I wish I knew that story better, but. Uh,
1: Tired of being alive, speaking of my life. <laughs> That's <laughs> <This> right. <episode. laughs> we clock this one a little bit over four minutes? Uh, I really like the swagger of this song. The rhythm pulls me in every time. Great chorus. Great dirty lead. Perfect. Well, it's nothing fancy overall. I totally dig it. Uh, it picks up in the end to finish strong. Another 8 out of 10.
4: And if it's okay with our esteemed guest, Gene, I'll get to the next song. (laughs) Please. I love this tune. I'm the one, man. Born in the
0: dirt I never had no home In the places I've lived You don't want to know But if you want to hear more, Let's come a little bit close I was a sneak-eyed boy up the age of five I made love to the howl of the wolves With the dark-haired girl. So if you wanna hear evil i come a little bit close She whispered in my ear Little boy, you the one Set the world to rise I'll oh, make it tremble in fear i do it one more time Cause the one, you're the one You're the one, you're the one You're the one, you're the one, you're the one, you're the one.
4: Was raised by wolves bitch this is the uh, i believe <laughs> this. I'm wolf,
0: I'm
5: this is the one that i was really shocked about where you know uh, you know we're obviously doing this um uh, three hits from hell at this point i'm not scared in this album at all and and what i mean by that is that that it just is a pure it's almost like a roots rock album to me in a way that i get all the themes are evil but i'm the one is this is just straight up blues like i was expecting at one point for this to explode into a uh, a real rocker you know like the first maybe verse or two would be but it still works it's just like it's like evil elvis presley yeah i mean this this is a classic sounding song, and it really like was again just just it was surprising to me, and I really enjoy the song.
4: This dude was fucking somebody or something at the age of five, and that's not fucking evil enough for you. That's the vibe I got, and I
5: don't okay. care what animals uh, or any bestiality that's happening. That's the vibe I got
1: all right, so I'm the one three twenty one on this one, according to my notes. Uh, and I have written down here. Uh, and now for something completely different, an even bluesier rocker, acoustic guitar included. While this isn't the strongest Danzig song, nor is it the weakest. I really like it included in the mix of songs on this album. Just like you mentioned, Bo- uh, Loose Cannon, uh, it, it fits in so perfect with this album. Even though it's not like a, it's not a heavy song. It's, it's just kind of, it's a bluesy song. But let's and, just
5: take a breath, right? Yeah. Kind of a it, the, but it's, it's
1: kind of a little of a little setup for what's little setup I what's to one of give this one yep. 8 out of a It's
4: of a It's a great sequence.
1: Yep.
5: Yep. Agreed. Yeah, they hit you, then they let you take a break for a second, and then they hit you one more time, coming with tracks. By the way, is this uh, is this the final track on the LP or tape, or is this the
4: beginning of? Side Gene, Gene do you know? Two? I this I own this on CD for the first. This is the first CD.
1: I am pretty sure it finishes. The side one finishes with the next track.
4: That makes sense to me. Get anyway, that that's uh, her black wings.
0: So the black, dark of the night, come to me, my bleeding light. See, she comes, she comes now, enter all blue beyond.
4: this evil enough for you you fuck loose
5: yes this is where it were uh this is kind of like the deuce of the album we're just the album's called loose cannon fuge it is it is i was wondering when you were going to throw that in there but i was gonna let somebody else take it
4: yeah okay no i i love this tune man um again like i said i I tipped my hand early there really isn't really a bad track on here but her black wings is like Oh, uh, it's it just delivers on so many levels and it again it's a it this is kinda like perfect Danzig. Wow, can I
5: don't you know. imagine Danzig in a nice sweaty white uh, Elvis <laughs> outfit making <naked> <laughs> in Vegas near the end of his career? I know because he, he can does imagine
4: it. Say it again. I know he can imagine it. I think his next record is gonna be a fucking Elvis covers record.
5: That's what I heard it was. But by the way, he has the physique of later Elvis.
4: Run
1: hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> so going to the song. Man.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's committed to the bit, man. He's like he really this is. is this is as fat as Elvis was When, you know, uh, he died on the throne.
5: Um, I've heard that actually when he comes on stage, his writer is peanut butter uh, fried sandwiches right before he hits the stage. Part of his his dietary requirements. But let's go into the song itself. Her Black Wings. Love this track. Again, this is something I seriously, a week and a half ago, I had never heard this album. I I, I played, uh, I did it. This is one where I went back to I'm the one. And her black wing is kind of like a rotation because, because just like the first two songs, they, they flow into each other so well. And her black wings, I love the just like the revolving riff. I don't even know what you even call that because I'm I'm talking to two musicians. No, what that's a good way that? to describe it. Is that is that Jane? Would you agree too? It never stops. Is my point. And that just is it's so. I guess it's simple. It works. The lyrics are great. He doesn't uh, bossen it up. It's just it's it. It's this is probably between this and the opening track are my f- my favorite two songs on the album cool. six and one.
1: If I recall, <laughs> this is the first song that I heard from this album. So great riff, uh, and then the chorus in its simplicity is catchy, perfect lead to match the song, and it's and a simple post lead bridge that is great. I love the riff and the simple uh, opinion, piano accompaniment to end the track. This is a 10 out of 10 for me.
4: All right. Well, up next is uh, the song uh, Devil's Plaything."
0: Love is a flame, a devil's thing. A violin stone about to be born. Just look in these eyes, see all the lies All these things you see, you cannot deny And the flame that burns inside If you get too close, burn you alive Just look in these eyes and see if they lie. All these words I speak cannot deny.
4: Still, I think this is a really, really, really good song, but this is probably the first time on the record that I go, not my favorite tune. I, I'm in the
5: same way. This is when it gets uh the first the first chunk of this record, like side one, let's just call it. It is super strong. This one, opening side, let's call two. Ah, uh, it's okay.
1: four thirteen on this one. Now
5: if- can I can I ask you why you tell the times every time?
1: Just for length of, so people understand yeah. what we're talking as far as the length. I the think
4: it song. adds color to the conversation. Hey! Okay. Yeah! color, okay. Time and color.
5: There's no time rhyme in the color.
1: ancient mirror on this one. Nope. <laughs> so, uh, let's see. If- wow, a
5: quick, quick quiz right now. What is the uh, the length of the Pink Floyd song "Time"? Uh, Four
4: fifty-three,
5: and seven seconds. Let's see if that's true. I'm continue, with Gene. I just want to see, since you're a big fan of time.
4: So, <laughs> <laughs> to
5: gain away.
4: So, I, just, I just went James Hetfield yeah, on yeah. uh <laughs> oh yeah. the way. The
5: yeah. the Are you ready? What yeah Okay, Gene? Yes again, because you're a big fan of track length. What is the album version length of time? And then I'll also try to the get you with the, uh, single. <sighs> a single end of it.
1: Go ahead. Gene. I'm gonna i I'm gonna put out four fifty three. It is six fifty two. I was close.
4: But it moves so fast. The
1: moment.
5: (laughs) It moves so fast that it seems like 450.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was thinking the Metallica cover was 450. (laughs) So I remember after the power of Her Black Wings flipping over the cassette to be serenaded with this pretty acoustic piece along with Glenn's powerful voice singing a nice little ditty. Of Course, that only lasts for so long before it kicks into full gear. Great intro, followed by more greatness. I really like the simple verse section, sans bass. Uh, later verse sections do include the bass, of course, and that's cool. Uh, hauntingly awesome bridge section, more great guitar work by Christ. This one actually gave a nine out of ten, so nice. this one I like a little bit more than you cool. guys did. Okay,
5: seven, seven, seven. Yeah.
4: pretty good but again i think we're getting to the to the part of the record that if i have to say there are weak moments this would be included with the last song but this is better than the previous song in dog beers i've had seven 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 <laughs> well how many beers is that you've had one 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 i've only had one
5: you've had one one one. One 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 or one seven 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 yes divided by five yep I guess the seven 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 thing I can't take it seriously, because it's basically saying, you know, it's the number of the devil.
4: But no, the no, next no, six 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 is the number of the devil.
5: I understand that, okay. but they're saying six six six. But I'm gonna take a next level. I'm doing seven seven seven, which pretty much sounds like a variation of when you do when you're when in Vegas and you're getting craps or whatever.
4: He was mocking Michael Sweet directly with this thing. Really? Yeah.
5: How so? Please explain.
4: Well, that was a joke. Uh, yeah, well, Striper, they literally, Striper was like, their, their thing was, we're 777.
5: I didn't, I, okay, well, I did not know that. My eraser's well worn
3: because I make a lot of mistakes.
5: <laughs> you know, um, I would enjoy this more if it was seven eleven and it ended with a Slurpee. What is, it, what is the uh, uh, length of time on this one?
1: 539 on this one.
5: Damn it! Why wouldn't that have been, that would have been a fine title. Fuck 777, 539 gets right to the point.
1: So this one is uh, it's <laughs> 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 moving forward. It's almost a uh, Delta Blues-like riff starting the track. It's haunting and it has an edge to it. Glenn laying down some mood lyrically. Uh, then there's some slide action on the guitar and it's awesome bass uh, riff kicking in, bringing the song to its full real- realization. I think that this was one of those grower songs for me when the album came out, but now I really dig it. It's simple, it's catchy, it's creative. I gave it an 8 out of 10.
4: Okay, well, that brings us to uh, the 10th track Blood and Tears. a track, but I still think it's pretty kick ass. I just think it's cool because it shows a, his
5: effeminate side about menstruation.
1: What flow.
4: about like an intellectual response?
1: All right, yes. so this one, loose. Are you are you ready? It's yeah, we'll go,
5: four, I'm on, I'm on, uh, Can I get you before it's four nineteen?
1: You got what it. You say? Good guess. <laughs> you nailed it, brother. You got it. So uh, and now for something completely different, a Danzig ballad. I'm guessing. Uh, I really like the lead pieces, the piano, the organ, the whole ball of wax. Another grower for me back in the day, possibly a song I'd skip over once I got the CD, but now I dig it. The overall lead section is serviceable but lacks something compared to earlier and the following lead riffs. Kind of reminds me yep. of the track You and Me from the Lesson Zero soundtrack that Ooh. Glenn did uh, in a way, but of course this is much heavier for sure, and that one had a lot more of an Elvis vibe to it than this does. Uh, now are you talking
5: about wh- which, which track, track on the Lesson
1: Zero soundtrack? soundtrack? Uh, you and Me.
5: Okay, I okay. Oh not rock and roll all night by Poison, Mister Rocket.
1: No, that was my next. Mister Rocket, one. Okay. kick it. So this, uh, I, uh, my Thank you. Is the, <laughs> just, <laughs> the song ends perfectly, unlike our commentary on it. Eight out of ten.
5: You notice I haven't scored anything so far.
1: Yeah, I know we. Half job.
5: <laughs> Would you like me to?
1: I'll
4: just do. I'll just do. will do a summary at the end. You can do whatever you want. Yeah, it's all good. good. It's it's been it's fun.
1: The Wild West here.
4: The next track is "Girl," and I fucking love this tune. give us a 10 out of 10 uh I, it, it's weird because i think probably the first 30 times i heard this record i didn't rem- remember this song at all and now it's like one of the ones that i kind of go to
1: 412 hi huh, i beat you ah. <laughs>
4: 420 brah
1: yet another song that helps me appreciate john Christ's guitar playing even more just those little nuances that had subtle flair to so many songs and Danzig so early albums. Um, I don't have a lot to say regarding this track other than that. Uh, it's one of the weaker offerings for me, but it's still a, a great song that fits boo, so well on this release.
0: Gene, boo.
1: <laughs> this one I gave a 7.5 out of 10. It's the lowest one now off the album so far.
5: How do you even get to a seven and a half? Can't you just commit? I can't. A seven or an eight?
1: Nope, I can't. Because <laughs> it's close to an eight, but it's not quite a seven. Fuck. So.
5: Fucking,
4: it's weak.
5: I can't commit. It's weak.
4: Just, just a half point one way or the other, man. Just, God. 7.34. Get the fuck
5: out of here. 777. Right. 7,
4: 7. Well, this amazing, spooky ass record concludes with. Pain in the world. Like the song, it's not my favorite. If I gotta go the Gene Vogel way, I'm gonna say about a seven out of a ten. All
5: right, uh, not no percentages, no no decimals. I'm sorry, Nothing? seven point two three
4: out of ten.
5: What I like about it is it just kind of describes uh, how how I uh, talk about Baco is uh, in my I just <laughs> add my my pain. But uh, Gene, wow. what what say you?
1: Ah, uh, this see this one clocks in at five fifty two, so we're almost at six ah, minutes Jesus on this Christ, one. with a time, a long one. Yeah, we're getting a little longer here to end the. Now,
5: album. And, and 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 is that the longest track on the album, Gene, for the for the facts?
1: Oh, you see, I yes or no. think it is actually. Let me just double it check is. my notes. It, it is by the, at
5: least, yep. I would say, seven inches. Almost. No, oh, Devil's Plaything is almost as long, but. It supersedes it by how many seconds, Gene? Thirteen seconds. Is that weird? <laughs> is it weird? This thirteen seconds—an evil number on a Halloween album. Fuck yes, uh, that's how it's ending. All this stuff makes sense. This is all arithmetic. It was, in t- it was intentional. Hey, Absolutely, it is. Gene, please continue. I am freaked out by
4: this. You should see his face right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's something haunting about the chord progression in the intro <laughs> of this track that I really dig, god damn you. I can, yeah, It's definitely got haunting. It. <laughs> <laughs> Baco, you know, come you
4: know, on. Oh, God, go ahead.
1: All right, there's something haunting uh, about the chord progression in the intro that I really dig. The verse section helps feed this vibe and things get even more creepy. The more I listen to this song, the more I like it. The layers, the vibe, everything just comes off great together to create what I'd consider a damn near Danzig masterpiece. Uh, The last minute or so is just ass-kicking energy, and I love that it's superb. Uh, This one I gave it a out of 10. So I like this a little more than you did, Baco. I'm surprised.
4: Right on. Um, Well, for me, Danzig, of course, is, like like I said, a top five, top ten artist uh, of of, (laughs) of my life. This record is one I definitely go back to a lot. (laughs) It, it just it summarizes everything that is great about Danzig, it, about the guitar playing of, of John Christ, uh, the drumming of uh, Chuck Biscuits. You know I, I honestly other as much as I love Erie Vaughn, I'm not sure he's just a very he might be the perfect bass player for the band because he just doesn't have a lot of personality. Right. like like yeah. he 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 fits that blues pocket the songs actually stand out because of how simplistic the band is and that's hard to do it's easy to be a simplistic band it's not easy to be this simplistic and be good and be catchy and be fun to listen to and also of course be
5: evil I think you described her entire show simplistic but somehow fun to listen to what do you think
4: yeah yeah
5: that's okay yeah i I can live with that we'll we'll work with it of the first four albums is this your favorite
4: no uh the danzig three is probably my favorite uh why'd you pick why'd you pick this one then curious to be honest i think i thought this is the one you would like the most Oh, that's very sweet.
5: The uh, but but what I'll tell you is is the fact that this one actually makes me maybe it is an entry, maybe it's not the best one, but but uh, for me, what it does is it it makes me interested in checking out the rest of the catalog, at least the first four al- four yeah. albums, like you're talking about. So yeah, yeah. Well done I, I, on I, on I, that I part. will
4: definitely say this for anybody listening who hasn't listened to Danzig. If if this turns you on to them, it should only turn you on to their first four records. Because it's cool. much different after this.
5: I'll just summarize this uh, again. Uh, better than expected. I enjoyed my homework project of of both Iced Earth and Danzig. Just discovering, uh, you know, albums I'd never heard heard in full before. And uh,
1: yeah, half job for me overall. For the first ten to one hundred listens to this cassette back in the day,
5: <laughs> <laughs> on the boom box, on the boom, on the box. boom box in the back of the '96 car.
1: Yes. 80, or no, sorry, 76. Oh. 76 Monte 76! Nice. Oh, oh
4: did you live in Oatana?
1: I did not.
4: <laughs> <laughs> 10% of the people who lived in Oatana when I was in high school uh, drove a 76 Monte Carlo. Nice. nice.
1: It, was a, it was a classic car, what can you say?
4: Yeah, nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong with that. Uh,
1: no. So it became one of my favorites uh, uh, favorite albums that I've ever owned, and it's still true to this very day. Uh, while some of the songs aren't as strong as some of the others, that as we've mentioned, uh, in the context of the whole album, it's just everything clicks. It's kind of like a little bit yeah. of what we talked about with the Iced Earth previously. Sure. It's probably even more so here with the, with this album. I can listen to this whole album without skipping a track. Um, you know, some of them were grower songs, but in the whole, you'd, everything you'd, works.
4: Real quick to counter that, I would actually say, uh, like, I I don't think you can listen to to the Iced Earth record one like pick a song. You have to listen to the whole thing. I do think you can cherry pick a few tunes on this record.
1: Oh, you could definitely okay, yeah, pick some cherry anyway. pick some tunes on this definitely. Her black wings. There's a few of them that we mentioned. Uh, I'm the one. Although snakes of Christ, you got to get in there with uh, long way back from hell. Those kind of work together. Yeah, uh, you, no, but I, you, can, I, I, you can. Snakes separate. of
4: Christ is separated from that on that uh, uh, that uh, thrall demon sweat live thing, and I think I like that version better than this one.
1: Was it a live version then? Yeah. Okay. So, it, but that works too. Like even with uh, like the rain song with Jimmy Page, he did not like the fact that everybody liked to listen to the song. remains the same with the rain song. He sure. always said those are separate. So when he did like uh, special compilation albums later, he purposely put those songs far apart from each other.
4: Yeah. S- Silly. By it the way.
1: bugs the hell in me. Cause every time I hear the, the, the song remains the same, I want to hear the rain song. So every time I hear the, ra- the, the long way back from hell, I want to hear "Snakes of Christ." I get it, but I could listen to them separate. Same thing with the, you know some of the other songs that we've. Mentioned By the way, later.
4: going back forty minutes, "Not of This World." That's a song after uh, uh, "Twisted Can."
1: Ah, yeah, that's right. Uh, for me, this I want to give this album a ten. So bad, ten out of ten. I gotta go with like a nine and a half. I can't quite get it up to a ten, but it's damn near close. It's, but again, it's one of my personal all-time favorite albums. So nine and a half out of ten. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with that. Yeah, like an, it's almost a ten. So I mean, there may be even some days where it's a ten. Some other ratings that I pulled off the internet. Um, album the album of the year, which is a site that does uh, their like Metacritic. They pull sure. all the different ratings. They, they pulled an eighty-five out of hundred on this. Rate your music. Similar situation. Three three point eight out of five. And that's based on actual just uh, users. So that's 2,452 ratings. It gives us almost four stars. Um, when we get into the professional ratings, we get all music. It gives us four and a half. Um, this, I don't know who this is. Robert Christel or Chris Gell? Chris to go. Chris go. Chris go. Uh, B minus Entertainment Weekly. Gives us an A minus.
5: Wow. Well, that Ooh. means nothing. But go ahead.
1: <laughs> I was just surprised it was in Entertainment Weekly. Well, Rock- well
5: first off, Entertainment Weekly is a whore. But continue. But everything else you're saying, I, I believe so far.
1: <laughs> Rock Hard out of Germany. They give it a 10 out of 10. Uh, Rolling Stone um, album. Is,
5: is Rock Hard part of the... Uh, uh, I think that's the next level from Half Chubb.
1: <laughs> cover's a yes. fire rating system, right? Mm. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Rolling Stone Album Guide, 3.5 out of 5. And then uh, Spin gives us 4.5 out of 5.
4: I'm sorry. But if this worker if this got 3.5 out of 5 from Rolling Stone, that's basically an 8 out of 5 from Rolling Stone. <laughs> yeah, I am surprised.
1: Yeah, no kidding. So that's uh, that's the the, the extra uh, review. It, it
5: is notes. funny, too. By the way, everybody turns into a whore. Rolling Stone used to be hardcore and everything. If you go to rollingstone.com,
4: everything is awesome. Wow. Yeah, their website is way different than the magazine, isn't it? That, that's what I'm saying. Like it's if you like go, everybody who hated Rolling Stone bought whatever RollingStone.com and said everything is awesome.
5: And I'm not sure if you remember this, but from the actual magazine Rolling Stone, if they reviewed an album, it was like a very long review. And uh, if you go to RollingStone.com, you look at your your whatever
4: your research. It's like it, a it says, Guitar like, World magazine review. It,
5: well, it says like One this paragraph. is an album. This is an album, and it is. A thing and then it has a rating that's all it says <laughs> did you have any closing thoughts there Louis? I do I just want to be just uh, to, to comment a little bit because uh, um, kind of like you've gone over production before love the production on here and I am a bit of a Rick Rubin nut swinger so mm-hmm. I believe this is part of his uh, genius era from yeah. I'll call it from 1985 yes. 1985 up to um, what is one of my favorite Tom Petty albums Wild, Wildflower um Wildflowers, and that was when he pretty much uh, was done w- with me, in my opinion. But you can definitely, I think, uh, see his influence on this album. Um, so that's what I think takes it to the next level, in my opinion. And, um, yeah, again, as I've said before, much better than I expected and different than I expected as well. So that's my my uh, final thoughts.
4: Okay, well, uh, before we go, what song do you make love to on this record? Whew. I'm going to say, uh, wow, uh, snakes of Christ
5: because, uh, you know, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm doing it, I'm, I'm thinking of definitely snakes uh, crawling all over uh, Christ on the cross.
1: Gene? Blood and tears. Hmm. Hopefully I'm, really anac-
5: tired.
4: I'm tired of being alive. Yeah, oh, that's nice. That should be the only
5: time that you actually are wanting to be alive. Oh god, yeah. Well, it's
4: three hits from hell, man, baby.
5: I think that, I think that tired of being alive is when you show up at the printing printing store. Uh, oh, let's get out of here, guys.
1: Rock's not dead,
4: but it's got seven hundred and seventy-seven reasons to be alive. <laughs>
5: definitely fucking you happy birthday myth the president
1: of podcasts happy birthday to you
4: uh
1: okay. <laughs> oh my god fuck i'm calling you on my birthday
5: okay
3: good
1: or i want That's to call on my birthday
3: fair enough it's nfl draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football